Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. The number one determinant of how we age is not genetics. The number one determinant of how we age is lifestyle. And the number one lifestyle determinant of how we age is neither diet nor exercise. As important as both of those are, the number one determinant of how we age is our belief system about aging. What the mind believes, the body embraces. Our psychology drives our physiology. Whatever you put in your mind ends up in your body. And that's not just some new age woo-woo stuff. It's absolutely true. So Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. Great to see you today, Maria. And before we tell you about our guest, Mark Middleton, we just want to welcome him to the show. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing great. Doing great. So our special guest today is Mark Middleton, founder and CEO of Growing Boulder, a multimedia platform redefining aging by sharing inspirational stories of those who are aging in a revolutionary way. He's a speaker, educator, and author of the book, Growing Bolder, Defy the Cult of Youth, Live with Passion and Purpose. As an Emmy award-winning journalist, Mark was one of the first to recognize the power and influence of the rapidly growing 50-plus audience and the coming cultural shift that would change everything we thought about the possibilities of life after 50. Like many of us who benefit from Growing Bolder Media, we see Mark Middleton as a brilliant businessman, and that he is, but he's also an amazing master's athlete himself. And if you are having the thought aging stinks, you need to stick around for the expert on this topic. Maria, what else can you tell us about Mark? Well, let's start with just last year, where in 2021, Mark earned four All-American honors in one year. That's four number one swims in the men's 70 to 74 age group. But over his career, Mark has earned world records and had a number one time in seven different seasons since he began his master's swimming career in 2009 after an almost 40-year break from swimming. He's also a nationally ranked high hurdler. How about that? Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I I appreciate uh, the ability to hang out and rub elbows with with a couple of uh, elite athletes. So thank you for the honor. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you. So, so the interesting Mark, I I think I've told you this on deck at a swim meet, but I want our listeners to hear it. So I did not know that the CEO and founder of growing Boulder media was even a swimmer. I just came to the growing Boulder media offerings as a normal human being out there. And somehow in my social media feed or somewhere, I found an inspirational quote that really hit me. And I subscribe to the Growing Boulder newsletter. I get it daily in my email inbox. It's always the first thing I look at because it's uplifting. And it, you know, as someone who just turned 60, I really had that, that horrible mindset of, my life is over. I am now 60 and I'm done. I just need to get in a rocking chair and I need to sit on the front porch and my life is done. And I want to tell you, and I think I told you this in tears on the pool deck, uh, that what growing bolder has done for me and changing my mindset has been so valuable. And then I learned from our mutual friend, Rowdy, (laughs) Rowdy Gaines, uh, that you were a swimmer. So I think I might've just been rambling to Rowdy about growing bolder and turning 60. And Rowdy's like, well, you know, the guy that started growing bolder, Mark Middleton is a swimmer. I'm like, no way. So, so again, we love to talk about swimming, but I feel like you're such a celebrity and expert on this topic of aging. How can we disconnect this belief system that when we age at whatever age that is for people, we may have people that feel that way at 30 or 40 or 50, um, that life is slowing down and coming to some sort of, you know, some sort of typical stereotypical end. It's a great question. And I'm going to try to remind myself to be a good guest because you guys as podcast hosts know this, you ask somebody a question 
uh, and they go forever. And, and I sit <laughs> on this topic. Uh, so I will pause. Uh, it's, it's a great question. And, and in truth, Kelly, master sports of any sorts and what we do are intricately related. You know, the, the, the lines are blurred. So it's really impossible to talk for me to talk about one without talking about the other. Uh, but yes, the business opportunity that we pursue, the mission that we have, the message that we share, you know, resonates incredibly powerfully with, with adults of all ages, because the truth of the matter is we live in an overtly ageist culture, and we are all the victims of a form of mass cultural hypnosis. And I don't mean this as some sort of conspiracy theory. There's been studies that have shown by the time we're three years old, we all have a very negative image of aging. You know, we don't want to be old. Old people are stupid. They're, they're, they're short, they're smelly, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And, you know, we are just pounded incessantly from the media, from Madison Avenue, from Hollywood, from our family, from our friends, from ourselves with this ageist messaging. There, there are thousands of companies that are making billions of dollars by essentially lowering our self-esteem. They, they, they raise their bottom line by lower, lowering our self-esteem. All of the marketing, all of the advertising for younger people is, is aspirational. It's about dreams. It's about achievement. For older people, all of a sudden, it's about, I'm afraid I'm going to fall, or I'm going to have a heart attack, or I'm going to get dementia, or uh, I have to bemoan the fact that I'm losing my hair, or I've got wrinkles on my skin, or my body doesn't look the same way that it did before. Uh, and, you know, that's just crap because uh, growing older is a blessing. Uh, and so what we do at Growing Boulder is simply look at growing older uh, through the prism of not loss and limitation, but passion and purpose and possibility, because we have seen time and time again that no matter how old you are, you never lose the ability uh, to extract moments of joy from life. You never lose the ability to, to experience love. Uh, and, you know, and these are the most important things in life anyway. Even the people in the most advanced stages of dementia still have those two abilities. And you know, it's incumbent upon the rest of us to, to help them you know, to, to help them live and love their life as, as much as they can. We say at Growing Boulder, it is never too late to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Uh, and it's, it's obvious you're not going to do the same kinds of things that you used to do, uh, but you can still do amazing things. Um, you know, one of the things, and then I'll stop, <laughs> I promise, I've probably done more interviews with active centenarians than any media guy in the world. And, you know, that may not be true. I don't know it for sure, but prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing about active centenarians that's, that is really cool is that they are as diverse a group as can be. Uh, more women than men. I'm not sure if that has something to do with, uh, you know, the genetic code of a woman or the fact that, you know, up to now, women have not, you know, been involved in, in, in business and the stressful kind of things that, 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 that everybody is. But but, but that aside, more women than men, black, white, rich, poor, urban, rural, uh, it's possible for all of us because genes only account for 25% of our longevity. The rest of it is, is our, the lifestyle choices that we make. And now I'm going to touch on something and, and I'll let you follow this up that you guys talk about all the time. The number one determinant of how we age is not genetics. The number one determinant of how we age is lifestyle. And the number one lifestyle determinant of how we age is neither diet nor exercise. As important as both of those are, the number one determinant of how we age is our belief system about aging. What the mind believes, the body embraces. Our psychology drives our physiology. Whatever you put in your mind ends up in your body. And that's not just some new age woo-woo stuff. It's absolutely true. So if you want to age better, if you want to continue to, to perform at a high level, you have to change your belief system about aging. And it's difficult because we swim in this sea of ageism. How's that? That's, that is that is so concise, considering that if people want more on that, you have a book, but you just summarized your book. I, well, I mean, yeah, I thought that I, I think that is just perfect. And can I, can I ask how, how, yes, please. how you, you're 70 um, and you've been doing Growing Boulder for how long? Uh, I worked for a, a local television station in Orlando for 18 years. I resigned in 2006 to start Growing Boulder and it took me two years to be able to rub $2 together to, to basically start hiring people. So what, what brought you, you're absolutely right, and it's something that we don't talk enough about is this culture of youth and worship of 
of smooth skin and beauty and so forth that we have, especially in the U.S. But, but what brought you to this? Was it a personal experience? Was it, uh, you know, bumping into somebody, your parents, your kids, you know, what, what brought you to this, obviously this greatly needed area? It's a great question. I think there's a couple levels to that answer. I, I think part of it is selfishness because I did not want to age in the way that the culture told me that I was supposed to. But, you know, it really kind of, it was two things. I, I, I was a sports director and then a news anchor for this television station and, and local news media changed very quickly in every market in the country. And all of your listeners will understand this. You know, the business model changed. We used to do investigative reporting. We used to do, you know, speculative features on interesting things. And it just became more than anything else, a crime report because it was <laughs> It was easy to, you know, talk about the drug deal gone bad, talk about the, the tragic auto accident. And I no longer like that. So I tried to think about what I could do to leverage the skills that I had. And it was just kind of one of these aha moments when the station shared market research with me. And I looked at it and it was name, age. And if the age was 55 or older, there was nothing else on the form. And I said, why, why not? And they said, we discontinue the interview if someone is over the age of 55. Oh, and my I said, gosh. I know. I, I said, wait a second. Our average, the average age of our viewer is 58. So you're telling me you don't care about their opinions? And they said, no, we care about them, but advertisers do not. And that sent me into a year-long deep dive, Maria, uh, where I basically became an amateur demographer. I read everything I could about the age wave that we all knew, you know, the 78 billion baby boomers born between 46 and 64 that, you know, were transforming everything. And, and, and not only was there a lot of people, which wouldn't have really caught my attention, uh, and it was a lot of people with a lot of money, which really didn't capture my attention, but it was a lot of people with a lot of money who were going to spend their money in unprecedented ways. Uh, and, and, and I thought that that was an opportunity to create content and to leverage skills that I had. Uh, and, and so I, I decided, you know, this is, you know, a, a, a place that I can, can make a stand. Uh, and it's absolutely true. You know, I tell people all the time. This is the greatest time in the history of humankind, bar none, uh, to be over the age of 50 or 60 or 65. You know, the old lifestyle was 20 years for a childhood and education. And then there was uh, 40 years of working in a career and then five years for retirement. The, the new life stage is still 20 years education and, and childhood, still 40 years for for. Um, your career, but now 25, 30 years for post-retirement living. Uh, many people now are living longer post-normal retirement age than they did in their entire careers. And so there's this opportunity to look at this life stage, not as the beginning of the end, but the beginning of what's next. And there's just this rabid fascination, desire to continue learning, to continue growing, to continue loving, to continue, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just amazing what's possible. To me, it's a no-brainer. And the fact that the rest of the culture, the rest of the media ignores it is, is a huge business opportunity. So uh, it, it was selfish. It was selfishness uh, that I didn't want to age that way. And it was opportunistic. And then I wanted to build a business around it. That's, that's amazing. And, 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 are you going to just keep on doing this forever and ever? You know what? I, I, I enjoy doing it primarily because, you know, we, we've got a really strong mission driven team. Um, yeah. A lot of younger people work with it, which is really cool. And people see it and they say, you know, I, I thought it would be all older people, but you know, as you guys know, millennials and, uh, are so mission driven, you know, they want to make a difference. And the cool thing about us and, and, and this sounds pompous, but I, I, I know it to be true. We're the only media company in the world that targets adults over 50, uh, but does so in a way whose messaging appeals equally to, to people in their 20s and 30s and 40s. I hear all the time from people in the 30s and 40s that say, you know, you've blown my mind. You've changed what I think about my future. Uh, you know, that it's we no longer have to live these linear lives where what we do in our life is tied to some sort of age-driven calendar. You know, you can go back to school at 80. You can get remarried at 90. You can start a business at 60. You know, people are doing all sorts of amazing things. And, you know, the, the, the formula that we have always used, you know, internally, we call it the someone like me effect. And I, and I certainly don't mean me, but it's when we can see ourselves and others. And that's what we do as storytellers. You know, we can quote statistics. We can 
uh, you know, sh share the opinions of experts. And Lord knows I do both of those. But when we can show you someone who looks like you, who's about your age, who's doing something that either you didn't think you can do or, uh, you know, weren't sure it was a possibility for you that's actually doing it, you know, the, 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 the switch is flipped and it is game on. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing what people are doing right now. So for the 300,000 years that man has been on this planet, modern man, the average life expectancy was 19 at birth. You know, there's always been people that have lived to 60 and 70, not a lot of them, but, um, but, but 99.9% .9 of every person who has ever lived would give everything they have to be sitting here listening to this podcast, uh, not because any of us are on it, but because 99.9% .9 of the people listening to this podcast would have been dead before. Mm -hmm. But now we have this opportunity, you know, to seize life. So that's basically what we're doing is celebrating the blessing of growing older instead of bemoaning what people believe, uh, believe to be a curse. Well, certainly it's appealing to 50 plus, but I love that you also are appealing to the younger generations and that's who needs it more probably, I mean, or, or equally that, you know, we need to start changing people's thoughts in their twenties, in their thirties, in their forties. So wonderful. And, and I hope that we have introduced growing Boulder to any of our listeners that were unaware of it. And let's dive deeper on Mark Middleton because growing Boulder has a great website, all the, all kinds of inspirational media out there that um, you can go find, but Mark, we're interested too in knowing, you know, this is, this is a unique adventure. It, you, you know, it must've taken a lot of discipline, hard work, things that champions do. So what would you say has been some of your characteristics that you see as a commonality of champions that's allowed you to, to bring forth such a endeavor? Uh, you know, Kelly, I have a very simple formula for that that, that, that is probably too simplistic, but I, but I believe it to be true. Uh, and, and the formula is dream, believe, persist. And, and I believe that, you know, everybody dreams. It's part of, it, it's, it's human nature. You know, we all have dreams. We dream constantly. But, but I don't think most people truly believe their dream. You know, it's fun to believe that I'm going to you know, be named the president of the United States, or I'm going to win the lottery, or I'm going to, you know, marry the, the cool guy or the, the handsome girl or whatever it is. Um, so we dream, but most of us don't believe our dreams. And, and then almost none of us persist until the dream comes true. And you know, I was actually interviewing Diana Nyad a few years ago, and I shared that with her. And she said, boom, that's exactly, that's exactly the formula for her success. You know, it took her what, 30, 40 years and six attempts to, to swim from Cuba to Key West. And uh, so you have to have a dream. You have to you have to believe it. You have to truly believe it because it's only the belief that will keep you, you know, persisting. And, and that that's been uh, you know, we're still not there in this business. You know, businesses are fragile. Um, mm. But if I wasn't an athlete and I wasn't swimming when I started this business, but I read I can't remember who it was. Some CEO said I only hire former athletes. And I thought, you know, that's not really a bad idea. Uh, you know, you, you can't do that literally because there's some people you need. But but former athletes understand uh, what discipline and commitment uh, uh, and persistence involve. I swim maximum three days a week. I only have three opportunities at five in the morning. And if I miss one, which I often do. So, you know, I probably only swim six or seven days a month, 22, 2,500 yards. But I, what I did early on, and, and this is easier to do than it sounds, is it's one of my basic rules is uh, I eliminate the option to say no. It's not an option. I am not going to deal with when my alarm goes off and it's raining, I'm not going to sit there lay in bed and think, oh my God, it's raining. I bet they're going to cancel practice or, oh my God, it's 40 <laughs> degrees. I, I think it's when my alarm is off, I am out of my bed literally within five seconds. Uh, and, and I, many times I'm the only person that shows up at the pool. 
But that's easier for me to turn around and go home than to lay there and have this battle with my head inside, you know, am I going to go or not? So, you know, whatever it is, if you decide you want to do something, uh, that's one part of it. I want to do this, but now you got to go ahead and eliminate the option to not do it. Uh, it's not even a choice to be made. I am going to do this. I am going to go to practice. I am going to build this business. I am going to keep going. I am going to overcome, uh, you know, athletes are resilient. I mean, that that's, I mean, you probably know this better than I, because I know you talk to a lot of athletes who probably are involved in business. Athletes are resilient. We all know that we get knocked down. We all know that we never win all the time. And if we're not good at bouncing back, we'll never be successful. That's brilliant. I love the eliminating the option of saying no. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it takes a lot of energy if every day you're going to fight with yourself about whether or not you're actually going to do it. So if you just go, then uh, I'd like to, uh, a specific example um, from your life about how this dream belief persist and you can use growing bolder or whatever has, has worked out for you. Well, the business would have been gone long ago if I, you know, if I didn't believe and I didn't persist, you know, that, that, that's kind of the thing, you know, I think when you're, when you're building a business, you, you connect with experts and I do to the extent that I'm able to, and probably not enough, but you've got investment bankers advising, you've got, you know, all sorts of, I'm, I'm making it up as I go along, to be honest with you, Maria, I'm not, a, I've never run a business, uh, um, but we're, we're, we're right now. I mean, here's an example. I, I, I have three partners um, that, I, that I brought on in, in, in a weird kind of a way. Uh, former president of Discovery Networks, former head of sales for CBS and Discovery, and, and a guy named Ken Dykewald, who uh, founded a company called Ageway, was probably the foremost authority on the value of the, the older demographic in the world. And, and we are preparing to make a pitch to network heads to create a growing boulder network. Uh, uh, you know, that, that, that is a lifestyle brand that is an aspirational, inspirational, motivational, uh, you know, helping older people live lives in, in a cool way. And, you know, all of these guys were experts and heads of networks or, well, you know, what do we, they're just, I said, guys, we're the experts. Uh, you know, if these network heads understood what we're going to tell them, they'd be doing it themselves right now. You know, we've got the greatest salesperson in the history of television. We've got the former president of the greatest cable network that's ever existed. And we've got, uh, uh, you know, the greatest expert on the 50 plus demographic. And we got a guy who, you know, out of the ether created a company that, that, that does this stuff. We're the experts. We're the ones that are going to tell them how to do it. So, uh, you know, you, you have to believe and, and you have to keep going. When I started this business, you know, like I said, in 2008 is when we really got going. Uh, if people would have asked me and, and some did who our competitors were, I had three or four that I mentioned immediately and they were all started, you know, back in the day, just before the economy fell apart in 2008 with $20 million in venture capital, $30 million in venture capital, capital, you know, our company was started with, you know, my, my credit card um, <laughs> and they all went bankrupt. They all went bankrupt because they did not know how to bootstrap. Uh, and, and we learned very early, you know, how to, maximize what we were doing. And, and that was a blessing in disguise. And I think that's what you have to, 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 to look at life when it, when it gives you setbacks. We had no money to do anything. So what we did is build a brand that resonated. What we did is make certain that we could defend the ground that we stand on anytime we talk about the brand. You know, telling people that aging is easy, it would, would be ridiculous and you'd lose all of your credibility. Uh, uh, being 70 years old sucks. Uh, being 17 years old sucks. Being yeah. 37 years old sucks. Every age has its challenges, but for some reason, our culture only likes to look at the negative part of, of growing older. We don't, uh, we don't deny the reality of our mortality. Bad stuff happens to good people. There are no guarantees, but it's, it's, it's the truth that two-thirds of all of the chronic illnesses that all of us suffer are, are preventable. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're lifestyle related. They're not related to aging, which is what everybody wants to say. Oh, that's just part of aging. So uh, how has it affected me? How has it kept me going? I believe, as you can tell, I've, I've, I've swallowed the Kool-Aid, uh, you know, the growing boulder Kool-Aid uh, because I see it. It's why I got back into swimming, Maria. You, you, you mentioned it was almost 40 years. It was. I was doing growing boulder for five years before I got back into swimming. And I got back into swimming because of the examples of old, ordinary, 
dedicated, interesting, ordinary people that were just showing me, you know, guts and determination to not go quietly into the good night. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all about persistence. Tell us about so hurdling. It, it, I want to know about hurdling. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just quickly, really quickly. Tell us about hurdling. Hurdling. Uh, I uh, I swam in college. I went to FSU on a swimming scholarship, but but I ran in high school. And one year in college, I uh, one of the fraternities. I was not in a fraternity. Asked me if I would run for them in the intramural meet, which I did, and I won. And the track coach said, "Will you come out for the track team?" And I did. Uh, and so I ran my last two years. Uh, I was a high hurdler at, at Florida State University. Um, my last three years, I graduated with seven varsity letters in 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 four years. Uh, and that sounds like a humble brag. And I apologize for that. Um, uh, but, but after I came back to swimming and enjoyed it, I thought, you know, I'm going to run, I'm going to try to come back and track. So when I turned 60, 10 years ago, I entered the master's indoor national championships in Indianapolis uh, in the hurdles in the sixties, 60 year old, there were probably three heats of guys, you know, it's not a lot, but, um, but I was third, I was beaten by the current world record holder and the, and the, and the former world record holder. And uh, I was coming back this year because I just turned 70 uh, and I entered the uh, indoor national championships at the armory in New York City uh, and like the second day and you guys will get this the second day that I was working out I pulled a hamstring and mm. I did that despite the fact that I told myself and I tell myself all the time at my age you know it's better to underdo than overdo the 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 the, the number one mantra that you have as an older athlete is avoid injury yeah. at all costs avoid injury and uh I pulled a hamstring and didn't get to go so you know because I don't like to lose now I'll wait another five years until I'm 75 and then I'll try it again <laughs> that's a great uh, that's I'm glad we glad you asked that Maria I was wondering about the hurdles and it's it's such a great image too. So, so Mark, you, um, obviously you have a very good harness on your mindset and thinking, changing your thinking, changing society's thinking. And yet I, I would imagine like many, many of the champions that we've interviewed that there are dark, super hard moments in your persist phase of the dream believe persist because persisting requires getting through those really dark moments. And so could you drill down on your own techniques for persisting through something that really, really seems like it's, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Again, I, you know, uh, Kelly, I think it all ties together, uh, you know, back to the centenarians, uh, you know, there, there is a common denominator as much as I said, how diverse there are, there is a common denominator shared by all active centenarians. And that is, uh, the ability to mourn and move on be, be, because mm -hmm. the common denominator is that you, if you live long enough, you will experience loss after loss, after loss, you're going to lose your spouse. You're probably going to lose your friends, your kids. You're going to lose some of your eyesight, some of your hearing, you're going to lose your keys. You're going to lose your ability to drive. <laughs> and for most people, the, the sum total of those losses is just too much. Uh, the people that are able to live active, engaged lives past 100 are somehow able to adapt and to accommodate, to continue to extract joy out of their life. And it's something that most people just can't do because as you get older, you know, your life force is driven by passion and purpose. And, uh, you know, so I just, you know, I, I've learned that from those people. So when, when things get bad, you know, you have to adapt and accommodate. And, you know, M Maria is a world champion in, in cycling. I don't know if she knows about a guy or a story of uh, Gordy Shields. Uh, but I use Gordy as an example all the time of adapting and accommodating. Gordy was a, a master's tennis player. It was one of the best in the, in, in, in the world, but he had a back condition that continually got worse and worse. And he started to, to lean over and lean over and lean over. And, and pretty soon, not only could he not play tennis, he could not walk without a cane. He would fall forward. And he was walking down the street one day, totally hunched over, you know, looking up. And all of a sudden he sees this little peloton of local cyclists <laughs> go by him and he he looks at the position that he's in with his hunched back and he looks at them and says, you know, they're in the same position I'm in and a, a light switch went off. And the next thing you know, you know, Gordy Shields in his nineties and look him up, Gordy Shields in his nineties, 
destroyed everybody uh, in cycling. Uh, there's a bridge named after him in San Diego. Um, so he adapted and, and he accommodated. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's really one of, the, one of the keys when you have a struggle in business, when you have a struggle in life, you have to learn to adapt and accommodate. Yeah, you have to be resilient. You know, that, that's a word. That, yeah, that'll be one of the buzzwords of the year coming out of the pandemic. Everybody's writing about resilience. Uh, resilience is critical. Uh, to, to successful aging. The problem with resilience is you have to earn it and you only earn it through surviving difficult times. It's why if, if, if they do, and they've done surveys, the people who are most impacted in a negative way from the pandemic are millennials, are younger people. And I get that, God bless them. They don't know what the hell is gonna happen in the future. Uh, baby boomers, older adults have done better uh, because we've been through it. And you know, success, the people who are successful are literally only the people who are able to fail for a while. Some people can't fail. You know, I can't fail. I'm not going to do it. Nobody's good at anything right away. The people that are great at anything are the people that were okay with being bad at it for as long as it took to get to be good at it. So I just remind myself that. And, uh, but, but again, it goes back to dream, believe and persist. If I stop believing in it, I'd be doomed. Uh, you have to believe. And I do believe. So I persist. Talking about optimism, partly, <laughs> right? I mean, is that the centenarians, they're optimistic, right? Oh, you know, they, they still have to-do lists. Uh, I mean, literally, most of them still have a to-do list, and it's much different than yours, I'm sure. But, you know, it might be, you know, feed the cat or call Billy or, or, or write a letter to somebody. But, yes, they, they, they still have things that they look forward to. Beyond a certain age, miserable people don't live long. I mean, they, they, they just don't do it. Uh, you know, you, you have to... You have to want to, to, to be happy. You have to, uh, you know, want to keep living in order to have the life force that enables you. And ultimately, it's not about lifespan. It's about health span. And this is the other thing that, thank you for letting me ramble to remember this. Um, I talk a lot about compressed morbidity. And this is one of the most fascinating things I have found in talking to master's athletes. You know, if you live hard, if you move, if you're active, you almost without exception will reduce the period of disease and disability and decline at the end of your life. And we see this all the time. Uh, I've interviewed people that are 95, 96 years old. They just competed in the world championship in Europe and whatever sport it is, they said goodbye to their friends. They fly home to Canada. They go to bed and they die, uh, you know, three days later. They were never in the hospital. They didn't have five years or 10 years of, uh, of disease and disability. And, and, you know, that's the way I want to go. Uh, and and if, you, if you live an active life, if you're socially and physically engaged, you will compress your morbidity and, and beyond that. And here's the, here's the, here, I'll stop. Go ahead. No, no, no it's Keep fabulous. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm in, right. I'm in. All right. Um, I talk a lot about the health wealth connection. Uh, the, the two are inextricably linked. And, and this is really just great stuff for people uh, you know, that, that are athletes, for your audience. Um, the number one investment that we can all make, here, here's the longevity paradox in my mind. The longevity paradox is the thing that we most aspire to. Longevity is the thing that threatens the, what we most aspire to. We are all afraid that we are going to run out of money before we run out of time. That, that has been proven to be, if not the number one, the, the number two biggest fear uh, of, of people over the age of 60. And our number one expense moving forward is going to be healthcare. Make no mistake about it. Healthcare is getting better. It's getting cooler, but it's going to be more and more expensive. So the number one investment everybody can make is simply to make better lifestyle choices and improve their overall health and well-being because that will reduce your future healthcare costs. And so the number one thing that we all need to do, and this is my big takeaway, folks, here it comes. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the, the big takeaway is this is aging's ultimate no-brainer, uh, prehabilitation. Uh, and everybody knows about rehabilitation. Prehabilitation is just for me another word for exercise because people don't like it. It is a given that everybody that's listening to us talk right now will experience a series of physical setbacks as they age. It's unavoidable. It's part of the human condition. And to a very large extent, the types of interventions that are made available to you when you experience that setback, the extent of your recovery after that setback, the speed of your recovery after that setback will be determined to a very large degree by your overall health and well-being at the time. Uh, so, so don't 
get caught thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was going to get sick. I didn't know I was going to have this injury. I didn't know I was going to get this diagnosis because you will. Uh, but people are coming back from all of this stuff in amazing ways. Uh, and the examples in master sports are limitless because they were prehabilitated. I love that term for exercise. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so, so much great stuff here, Mark. And really in, in just listening to your passion, you, you're, you walk the, the talk of passion and purpose and, you know, your energy level is like, you know, that of a 20 year old, just <laughs> in all the people, maybe, probably better. And so um, when you are, you obviously have this, this passion and purpose for growing Boulder, which seems like it could be all consuming. Um, what do you do for utter relaxation and playing and that sort of thing? Like when, when Mark Middleton is off, what are you doing? And do you believe in being off? Good question. Well, I love the sound of being off. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I don't do enough of it. Uh, and I'm not proud of that. You know, I, I, I do work too much. I, I often say I wish I would have started this business a lot earlier, but, but, but I'm inspired by it and I'm motivated by it. So I, so I know it's good for me. But um, you know what I, what I have not been doing lately, but what I really like to do uh, is paint. Um, you know, I'm just fascinated. You know, I think we all have this, this fantasy about what we could be. And the fantasy for me is to be an abstract painter. And, you know, I, I have a canvas that I'm almost always working on. I've actually uh, did an interview with a, a woman who's an abstract painter recently, and she invited me to come paint with her. And I'm going to, I'm going to take her up on that. Uh, I, I, I actually, you know, I'm, uh, I was going to say, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm not. Um, for a short while, I was a quilter. My mother left me her sewing machine when she came to visit one day. Uh, she sh uh, showed me how to thread the needle. And she said, I'm not going to tell you anymore because I know who you are and what you are. <laughs> and, 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 and she left. And I, I could not ever sew a straight line, but I had no interest in, uh, in sewing a straight line. And literally within 60 days, I was dyeing my own fabric. And I cut up ties that I used to wear on the air when I was a sportscaster that were Nicole Miller's sports motifs. You know, it was all... Larry Bird playing basketball and, uh, you know, all sorts of cool. I, I cut them up and I made this huge quilt of my father sitting in an easy chair, drinking a beer, watching TV. Uh, and, and then I made another one and made another one. And uh, a guy from the Orlando Sentinel wrote an article about it. And before you knew it, I was lecturing uh, at a national quilting conference. And, and, I, and I said, you don't want me. I don't know anything about this. And they said, no, this is why we want you, because you were unafraid, uh, you know, to, to just follow your you know, follow yourself and, and get involved. And, you know, I, and I believe strongly in, in, in the benefit of creative engagement. You know, there's actually been a study that said of all of the personality traits that one can have, only creativity uh, 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 leads to a longer lifespan. People who are creative on average live seven and a half years longer than people who are not. And it's just because creative people are better problem solvers. So what do I like to do now? Quilting took too much time, so I started to paint. Uh, I, I just like to get lost in, in painting because it, it helps me escape. You know, it helps you get into flow. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's where we're all trying to get to. I think it's where we're all trying to get to when we swim, isn't it? Uh, you, you know, you kind of flip on autopilot and you, you shift in the flow and you, you, you just let it go. Yes. Oh, I love that. So in, in this creative, Mark, what is it? third thing. So you've been a quilter. Well, you, you've been many, many things, but is there something out there on your horizon? And it could be, uh, you know, work related, career related that you want to dream about, like besides being an abstract painter, what do you, what, what would, what does Mark Middleton have to do before, you know, this compressed the, mortality, the, 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 the compressed mor morbidity <laughs> comes morbidity. in. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I, I love to travel. Um, and we just have not been able to do a lot of that. Um, I like adventure travel. I was in Colorado. I have two daughters, 30 and 29. And uh, we were in Colorado recently doing rock climbing on, you know, 300 foot cliffs with a with a with a friend of mine that I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with, who is one of wow. only nine Americans to have summited the four highest peaks in the world. And, and, and you know, that that was just thrilling. And, you know, so, so I want to you know, I want to continue to do that professionally. You know, I've always wanted to 
if we can pull off this whole network thing, there will be a channel on it that is nothing but documentaries. Um, you know, I, I love the documentary format. Um, you know, we're too busy doing, <coughs> excuse me, other things right now, but um, I, I could be content. And to your question, how long will I work? Uh, you know, if, if I could do that, I like project oriented stuff. Unfortunately, my business is nonstop right now, but I've always envied people that, you know, you get to a point, an actor would be a great example, a writer. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're one who's, you know, able to write a book like this, uh, <laughs> you know, and you can jump back in and write another one. Um, and I, and for those of you who can't see it, I'm holding up, take your mark, lead 10 ways to lead yourself. And others like a champion by some woman named Kelly Parker palace. It's a, it's a great freaking book, but you know, if you can jump back in and write a book, if you can jump back in and be an actor, if you can jump back in and direct, uh, that that's, if you can paint, if you, uh, you know, that that's kind of my fantasy moving forward is to do what I want to do when I want to do it for as long as I want to do it. I love that. Gosh. Oh, Mark, I just, we could talk with you all day, but in the interest of time, we're just, <laughs> Maria, before we ask the last question, is there any burning question you need for Mark? <laughs> well, I, I really want this to keep going, but I, I, I want to make an observation that Mark, you seem to have surrounded yourself with people who who are aspirational, who make you become something. Would you say that's part of your success? It's, it's a huge part of it. And, you know, we, we always, you know, going Boulder, we, we, we say we tell the stories of ordinary people living extraordinary lives. I'm going to the, uh, we're the, we're the media partner of the National Senior Games, and we're going to the National Senior Games in Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, when I, when I reached out to these guys and said I wanted to figure out a way to do stuff with them, I said, you have to know. I do not care who gets first, second, or third. Uh, I will not be reporting results. You know, there, there may be times when we do that, but I just want to share the stories of ordinary people uh, that are living extraordinary lives. And, and you guys know this in, in your sports. You know, it's cool, these master sports community. You know, certainly guys like Rowdy Gaines. Um, I got my butt kicked by uh, Rick Colella in the uh, 200 <laughs> IM in, 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 the meet in, in San Antonio. But, you know, there's former Olympians that are there. Uh, there, but I would be willing to wager that, that the bigger influencers in that meet were was that 99 year old woman, uh, uh, you know, who got a standing ovation when she was done. You know, it's the guy who's walking down, uh, you know, the pool deck that you can see the scar straight down his chest because he had open heart surgery. You know, it's, it's those are the stories that, that that I like to tell and that I'm inspired by. So. So, yeah, I, it, it's it is just amazing when you see ordinary people who who, who continue to extract you know, quality of life, uh, you know, despite the challenges. And, and I am inspired by that. They're not really ordinary though, are they? You know what? I, yeah, I, I, I don't mean that to be a demeaning kind of a deal, but, but yeah, I think we're all ordinary. Um, you know, really the, the, you know, we all pretty much were, were dealt with the same kind of stuff. We've had certainly different influences throughout our lives, but, um, you know, I, I think genetically we're all pretty much the same. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and yeah, they, uh, they, they've just learned how to, you know, to play their hand maybe better than others. And, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to talk to. Uh, uh, here, I've talked to so many 90 year olds who have told me the nineties have been the best decade of my life. Uh, and, you know, wow. I, know, I know it's just, it, it, you know, people who have written their first book at 90, people who became an actress at 90 people who, uh, you know, I was in Louisiana, in, in December for the Louisiana State Games. And I went for one reason. Uh, I flew there alone, took a camera, and I recorded Julia Hawkins at 105 years old, becoming the oldest person in history to run in a certified track and field event. She's 105 years old. She's got macular degeneration. She can barely see in front of her. If she falls, it's probably all over. <laughs> and, I, and I said, Julia, why do you do that? And she said, because at my age, honey, you've got to look uh, fear in the face and you've got to run. And, um, and, and, you know, she meant, didn't mean it literally, it was kind of a metaphor. And, and, and I agree with that. You know, you, you got to look fear in the face and you got to run. And, uh, you know, and that's nothing that I learned from Rowdy Gaines or, you know, any of these other big names. It's something you learn from a 105 year old woman who's still doing, you know, doing her thing. Oh yeah. Julia is a huge inspiration. And then did you see the, it may have been with you that her follow-up statement on that run was, she wasn't happy. She didn't break 
uh, I think it was at a minute or she wasn't happy with her time and she wanted to run it again. So that <laughs> for me was the, was the the cherry on top of the Sunday for, for her, her running you can, there, but you can yeah. relate. You can, you can relate, relate really. Her first question is what was my time? Uh, right. And then, and yes. then the, follow, and the follow up is, are you happy with it? And at 105 years old, she said, no, I had a terrible start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yes. just so, so inspirational. Well, Mark, as you know, you, you know, you inspire all of us and especially you've made a huge difference in my life. So I thank you. I hope that everyone will, will jump on this, this vision that you have. It's just been such a pleasure. We really, really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for this really important work. Um, just, it is, I, I have a 92 year old dad and an 86 year old mom who are very active. So this has been an example for me, but it's really exciting to hear about somebody trying to spread this gospel. I think it's wonderful. Well, yes. thank you. And, and you guys thank I thank you for the opportunity. I'm big fans of, uh, of both of you and your podcast is fabulous. And, um, and I apologize if I rambled too much. You did not. Too enthusiastic. And finally, you know, I, I guess my final takeaway is everybody, you know, we ask all the time who are uh, who our primary healthcare provider is. Uh, and the answer is you are, uh, <laughs> you know, we are all our own primary health care provider. Don't don't put that off on anybody else. Uh, don't use an excuse. We've got to do it on our own. So thank you guys for the opportunity. Thanks yes. so much, Mark. Thank you. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now the takeaways. Well, Maria Mark Middleton, the CEO and founder of Growing Boulder, I am, I am feeling so buoyed up, so inspired, <laughs> so so changed truly by this man who is amazing and yeah. a pioneer and someone that is changing the world in such an important way. Um, I know you and I both said we we just we we were making notes the entire time. So um, yeah, he's doing good work, and I, yeah, I mean, I think we need to make sure everybody goes to the website growingbolder.com. Amazing, yes, amazing, amazing. yeah, amazing stuff. You'll you'll be inspired, and and it's true uh, that whatever age. So so growing bolder is about revolutionizing the way we we look at aging, right. and he does that through wonderful interviews and stories of these people that are aging in in fabulous ways. So I want to start off by saying that I loved how he said that, you know, we're all brainwashed with this image that from the time we're three, we start believing that aging is bad, that, that old people are, you know, whatever, unattractive, unhealthy, you know, they're just, it's, it's an undesirable state. Hmm. And so, you know, that when you promote products to 70 year olds. It's about don't slip and fall. Let's use this walker. Let's do that versus, you know, so I, my takeaway on this one was he said that people say, and I'm going to use his, his French, so to speak, uh, that 70 sucks. He's 70. And then he said, 37 sucks. And then he said, 17 sucks. And that is so true. That right there for me is when you realize that, gosh, I remember being 17 and it sucked. And I, I know that 37 sucks in many ways. You're raising your kids and you're working crazy hours and you don't have time for yourself and you aren't taking care of your body. And, you know, so every age sucks. And I just love that he, he articulated it like that. I did too, because it kind of opens your eyes. I've said often to my children, I'd rather be here where I am than there where you are, you know? <laughs> and so, and I, and Absolutely. I, I certainly would rather be here where I am than where I was at 17. So that that's really true, but he's right that we don't talk about that in our, in our culture, you know, getting old is, is a, is a bad word. So that's that, I think that's, that was really 
eye-opening as well for me too. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, there's so much in what he said that I hate to even mention one thing because it's probably not the most important thing, but it's one of the things that stuck. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. But he he said that people who, who age well uh, do things um, that they're afraid of, that they, they don't mind new, learning new things and failing for a while. <laughs> you know, I think that's just... So such great advice. We can't be afraid to fail. I think this is, this is true. Like all of his advice, it's good for your whole lifespan. But I think as we age, we tend to be more fearful perhaps, you know, and, 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 and so I I was really inspired by this concept. Yeah. You got to just try new things and be willing to fail, 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 fail. You got to fail before you're going to succeed in anything. And you can try new things no matter what age you are. And that's people extort ordinary people doing extraordinary things as they age. That's what they're doing. Yes. Yes. That is very, very true. And, and uh, I, I love that too. It was, it's kind of just sage wisdom all around that we've got to, we got to fail and yeah. keep going, you know, yeah. just get up, dust off and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So my second thing was that we have to I not uh, eliminate no from your vocabulary. So when he said he wanted to get up early, you know, when his alarm goes off, there's not a chance that he's going to say he's not going to practice or he's not going to work or he's not going to do the thing that he was committed to doing when he and set his alarm. For, for, yeah. When he sets his alarm. So I am, you know, you know, me, you know, Parker's, we can literally have a <laughs> two week vacation planned and wake up that morning and say, nah, I'm not going to do it. But truly that is, that's not typical and certainly not the, the way champions do things, but eliminating no from one's vocabulary was a big takeaway that it doesn't, it, it doesn't allow you that slippery space in there to back out of things. What do yeah. you, what did you think of that? Uh, you know, I love that because <laughs> it, it takes so much energy to decide to change your mind or to consider changing your mind where, where, when you once commit to something and you just follow through on it, then that you, you sort of save, it's very efficient. <laughs> there are some times when you should stop, but, but generally I, I loved it. I love, I loved, you know, he said, that's, he, he gave the example of no matter what the weather, what the temperature, whatever, if he'd set his alarm to go to swim practice, he was going to go. And if he was the only one there, then, well, he could go home and go back to bed, but he was going to go and he wasn't going to give himself the option to stay in bed. So I thought that was a great, great story. And an example of someone who's, who's a champion. <laughs> um, so my, my second takeaway again, gosh, he has one of his things. He's a real wordsmith. Um, and so he has little clever things that he says, but he says, when somebody asks you who your primary care physician is, it's yourself. You mm-hmm. need to take care of yourself. There's nobody else who's responsible. And he repeated this in so many ways. So much of aging well is lifestyle choices. You know, we are responsible for ourselves, taking care of ourselves. And I think that's, you know, that's so true. What we eat, whether we exercise, how we, what are our mindset, our optimism, our resilience, you know, we are responsible for those things. We are our own primary care physicians. Really love that. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was fabulous. And you know, the, the longer, and then that kind of goes hand in hand with that compressed morbidity Yes, where, you know, when you get older, you, you don't have that long hospital stay and that long decline. You, I think he said, you go skydiving one weekend and you come back and then you, you die, <laughs> die, in, your die sleep, in your sleep. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. goal is, is, is not necessarily increased age, but increased health span. And that just generally means that when we die, we die quickly and it's not, you know, yes. it's, and we're not sick for a long time. So I really like that. Yeah. Yes. Great so interview. Just, Be sure to go to his website, uh, sign up. So inspirational. Yeah. And listen to the entire podcast yeah, because yeah. the takeaways or oh, yeah, yeah. best ofs are just, um, oh, yeah, just yeah. a little, a little taste of the, of the I great stuff. Three so. pages of inspirational things yeah, yeah, yeah. and trying to pick yeah. twos uh, felt, felt like a total, uh, betrayal of that interview. <laughs> so yes, listen to the interview. Yeah. Yes. All right, Maria. All right. Wonderful love you, Kelly. spending time with you. Love you. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Mark Middleton. No matter how old you are, you never lose the ability to extract moments of joy from life. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. 
Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.